Well, this is Dragon Hat. I am Che Long. I'm joined by Matt Griffiths. How's things? Pretty good, thanks, Che. Pretty good after all the excitement of last week. I'm still exhausted, but happy. Oh, I can imagine all staff at work that week are absolutely knackered and maybe slightly relieved that it's got back to a little bit of normality. That's actually true, probably, isn't it? I mean, it was brilliant and, and genuinely once in a lifetime. Um, Someone told me about there were people arguing online about it. Someone, someone said it was historic, and other people saying, "No, it's not." Well, it was historic. I mean, that was a remarkable thing in the history of the town. Never mind the club. But um, yeah, I think probably a lot of people at the club would like it to feel more commonplace next time they come because it was yeah. a, a lot of hard work, but, but hugely enjoyable. Don't think I'm I'm griping about it for a moment. Well, yeah, let's be fair. It was mental. The yeah. town was mental, everything around it was mental, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about what actually happened on the pitch. We've got a lot to break it down there. We're going to be hearing from some fans, we're going to be hearing from Harry Lennon, and we're going to maybe be talking about our best partnership as a two centre arms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look forward to it. We've got plenty to pack in today, haven't we? Oh, we certainly have. This is Dragon Half. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. Well, it was an absolute huge occasion off the match on Saturday, Mark. I, I've said this a few times this season. Like for me, that was on par with the Notts County game. I'd actually, I actually felt like the Notts County game was a bigger game walking to it. So that was like the first game under the new, new, new season, mm. new ownership, new team, and it was a night game. And there was the band on and what have you. And I think there was a real buzz there. But this was just like. It was crazy because it was the street. The streets were absolutely packed two hours before the game, and walking up to it, it just felt like it sort of didn't feel like a football match in some ways. Well, in a lot of ways, it was a carnival for the whole town, wasn't it? You know, yeah. that every everyone got a benefit. The fact they went round the town, I think, was deeply symbolic. We know they're committed to helping out the community. And certainly the fact, you know, when do owners go round the town to have a look at it? They don't tend to, do they? Um, I don't recall uh, the Fenway group going around Liverpool or the Glazers going around Manchester. Uh, this is more than just a football club acquisition, isn't it? But yeah, I, I kind of missed out on that, sadly, uh, because I arrived really early at the ground before the doors were open and set mm. things up. And as a result, I wasn't actually there outside to, to see what the... All the excitement was about. Well, it, it was just, it was just nuts. <laughs> this this whole takeover thing, it, it is just bonkers, isn't it? It really is, it, in in the best way possible. And it, yeah. it it's such a, for me. And what I like about Rob and Ryan is they're coming. They're really embracing the town, aren't they? And mm. it's a celebration of Wrexham rather being a celebration to, to them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As well, um. It's really nice that it was an it felt like a massive event, but it didn't feel we we you know in the past you know the, the trust tried to make events didn't they like the hundred and fiftieth anniversary yeah. and and did that very well, um, but on this occasion we didn't have to sort of try we didn't have to bring in face painters people on stilts, uh, people doing football skills. I'm not knocking any of that, but on this occasion, it was just what was happening was event enough. There was no need to build it up more. We were going to get 9,000 in. Everybody was incredibly excited. Uh, there was just that, that buzz was totally natural. You, the club didn't have to work to manufacture anything, which I thought was, you know, just shows how special this is, really. Yeah, 100%. There was no extra advertisement to come get tickets or what have you was there yeah. like the 150 anniversary thing even though i think you know the club did an amazing job of that oh yeah 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 um, i'm not, wrong not, i mean yeah absolutely but you and, know and the club expected about five thousand to come in and we managed to get nine thousand so that, that was a huge i'm not trying to be funny about that but it's just brilliant that we're actually now big in terms of creating a buzz and excitement without having to do any of that stuff it's just that we suddenly are of that scale it's fantastic oh, exactly and the statistics sounds so but sells itself I mean, you look at the statistics mm. of our attendances to you could compare it to a league one level yeah. attendance yeah. can't you and, it, and it's and for me it's only the the better we get it's only just going to get better when the cops up 
and we're we're going to League Two, we're going to League One, we're playing bigger teams and better teams. Yeah. It's the sky's the limit for Wrexham. I, I really do believe it. Oh yeah, you can understand why all the people outside were so excited by it, can't you? Oh yeah, and thankfully I got to chat to a few of them. So here was here was a few of my interviews with the fans. From the heart of your community, Wrexham's heartbeat. This is Calon FM. So what's your thoughts on today's game, mate? Well, uh, I don't think I've seen this busy since the Boston fixture way back when we uh, stayed up on the final day. Hopefully it's a, a 10k capacity and the place is rocking. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, got a message for Rob and Ryan. Um, cheers for buying the club and giving the, the town a bit of something to talk about again and filling everyone with hope. It's been a long time since this club's had anything good and I think there's no other club that deserved it to be so, uh, what do you think about the occasion today? Well, it's, it's, gonna, you know, it's looking like it's going to be a great day, isn't it? It's uh, been an exciting week, and uh, you know, there's been loads going on. It's, been, uh, it's amazing, to be honest. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's yeah. crazy. Absolutely bonkers. So, do you have a message for Rob and Ryan? Oh, just carry on doing what you're doing. You've been absolutely amazing, and uh, like I say, I don't think the whole area. I'm from Denbigh, like you know, um, a few miles away. And the whole area is just absolutely buzzing. Back to everything you've done, basically. So, what's your thoughts on today's game? Very disappointed Paul Mullins out. Um, I think we'll, we'll scrape through 2 1. So, what's your message to Rob and Ryan? Rob, Ryan, my midfielders ASAP. We're struggling in midfield. So, what's your thoughts on today's game as an occasion, really? I think, I think it's going to go down the history books. It's got to be with it being Rob and Ryan's first game. Sell out crowd, maybe push in 10,000. I just hope we win, and if we win, it'll be even more this time again. Really? Um, yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried because Wrexham, when it's a big occasion, they usually haven't played that well and are sort of disappointed. But I hope today can be different anyway. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And do you both have a message for Rob and Ryan? I just say thank you, but honestly, for everything, because what they've done for the club and the town so far is just unbelievable, really. Like, you see them walking through the town centre uh, this week it's just the spirit that they've brought back into the town and the football club is just unbelievable yeah and I would definitely echo that and I do think um, there are some people who were a bit who were a bit sceptical thinking they were just in, in it for their own profile but from what I've seen this week and even before I can see that's definitely not the case and you know they're serious about doing good things for the club and you know definitely taking us as far as they can really so uh all credit to them. I think it's a good time for the club. So, hello, what's your thoughts on today's game and the occasion? I think it's going to be a good game, brilliant occasion, massive occasion. We've got to go for the win. I think the fans will get behind us. Brilliant. What's your message to Rob and Ryan? Get us where we need to be. Get the club to where we need to be. Get, get behind the fans, get behind the club. What's your thoughts on today as an occasion? Uh, yeah, really excited about today, really. Um, Long time since I've seen Stephen Craig. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've been here since '69, '70, so it's, it's a long way for. So, yeah, it's been a long, long journey, isn't it? Long journey, yeah. yeah. So, what's your message to Rob and Ryan? Just enjoy the ride. Actually, going to talk about. So, what's your thoughts on today's game? Well, the thoughts on there. We're hopefully going to smash them. We are going to miss Mullen today, but we're going to batter. So what's your message to Rob and Ryan? Ah, thank you very much for everything you've done for Wrexham Football Club. And we love you both. What's going on? Awesome, thank you. Do you two have a message? Um, <laughs> well, we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so hello, what's your thoughts on today's game? Thoughts on today's game might be tough without Mullen, but I think we've got the depth to uh, do something to him. Torquay aren't looking too clever, so reckon 2-0 Wrexham. Brilliant. What's your thoughts? Uh, what what message do you have for Rob and Ryan? Uh, just thank you, really. Can allow us to dream again. Hopefully, get ourselves up them leagues. What's your thoughts on the game today? Uh, I'm a bit nervous. 
Um, no, no more than. Nope. Mm, yeah, it's hard. And what's your message to Rob and Ryan? Thank you very much. So, what's your thoughts on today's game, guys? What we thinking? Yeah. Yeah. What? Win. Three points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have a message for Rob and Ryan? Just thank you very much for everything that you've been doing um, around the town. This is goes beyond football. Um, just thank you. So, what's your thoughts on today's game? Well, it's a must-win game, isn't it? Or Park, you might be not be here much longer. Yeah. Uh, what's your message to Rob and Ryan? Rob and Ryan, keep on doing what you're doing. I think the community loves what you're doing. Brilliant. Keep thank you. involved. Having a point with the lads. I <laughs> love it. So, what's your thoughts on today's occasion and the match? A great game for Wrexham. Um, you can't deny it. Everyone's jealous. Yeah. That's the truth of it, isn't it? Everyone would love a multi-millionaire. Having said that, I've been to Wrexham over the years. I've seen Torquay play here probably the last 20 years or so. I think we've beaten you once. It's a good atmosphere. You have a good club, and I think you deserve it. Oh, thank you very much. I think Wrexham, you're, you're, you're surrounded. You're, you're, in, you're surrounded by a lot of big teams in the region. You've got Birmingham, you've got Stoke, Liverpool, and that. And, um, and you have a, you have a good sporting heritage. Torquay, a small town by the seaside, we can't get people to come because it's so far away. But uh, you've got Luke Young, who's our ex-captain, great player. Sad to see him go, uh, but he did right by us. He was injured for two years. Uh, he played for two years and moved on. So it's a great game, great day for football. Um, uh, would you rather have a Saudi, a Saudi takeover or Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool? Exactly. Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool every time. So I'm, I am jealous, uh, and I wish you the best for today. I'd like a high-scoring, thrilling draw. That's what I like. Three-three. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. It's really nice to hear for those fans. Um, they were all so excited. The buzz outside the ground was a real, real thing. And uh, yeah, long may that continue, Mark. Oh, the, uh, it was, I loved listening to that and, and watching it. It was just, you really got a sense of the day and, and the, the, everyone's enthusiasm was, was incredible, wasn't it? But it's such an exciting thing, you know, going around during their visits, chatting to people, just standing outside the race course, everything. It's... It's great, and people who've got no real interest in football or the football club, who suddenly are interested in football and the football club, because this is happening. Oh, yeah, but that, that sense of optimism, and, and I hope it's sort of quite liberating in a way as well, because, uh, you know, we've never been in non-league before. We see it as a, a, a horrible sort of sentence. It's not like getting stuck in League 2, near the bottom of it for years, where we have been for a lot of the time. It, it, there's a real desperation to get out and we can't quite do it. Now, hopefully, we can shed that desperation because with the amount of money coming in and the ambition of the owners, surely it's a matter of when we get out, not if. So yeah. hopefully people can relax a bit more, not feel so desperate, which you know we do feel that way sometimes. I do. And actually enjoy the football in the knowledge that... This will this will pay off sooner rather than later, and I I am hundred percent of the same thought, Mark. It will pay off. We've all got to be patient with the lads on the pitch. Yeah. You know, um, talk about the lads on the pitch. Rob and Ryan come to a great speech, didn't they? And um, unfortunately, I got to, I missed half because I was helping out with the media team. I don't I can't remember what I was doing, but I was I was doing something, <laughs> and I I only caught the last half of it, but it was. There was a real buzz, wasn't there? Absolutely. Um, I actually didn't catch all of it either because I was fiddling around with some equipment that was uh, refusing to play ball. So I didn't catch the whole thing. But it was just, yeah, really exciting. Rob at the end pumping the crowd up was fantastic. And you can see there's footage of them up in in the gods where their seats are and Rob's in the front row sort of getting the fans going. Um, He's a... I mean, if you've learned anything from the last week, Rob McElhenney is an enthusiast. He just loves it. He's obsessive, he's eager, and he's as committed to our club uh, as any of us are, frankly. Oh, yeah, and he's certainly done his homework on Mm. the club itself, hasn't he? And uh, another touching moment for me was when I've seen videos of Ryan Reynolds picking up pieces of the grass off the floor of the ground, and it was just... Like 
when we were on the pitch, if we have, I remember me doing the same thing was against Cambridge on one of my first seasons of going to watch Wrexham. I remember running on the pitch after we sealed promotion pretty much and grabbing a piece of the grass myself. And I thought that's such an endearing moment, isn't it? Yeah, it was lovely to see that. I mean, let's be honest. What, what do you give the man who has everything? Ryan Reynolds has a decent net worth. Uh, but to him, getting some of that racecourse turf was a, an intangible, priceless moment. I love that. Oh, that's really fantastic. The fact that when he was asked about it on social media, he could then put a picture out of him holding that grass. You know, he's, he's not just stuck it in his pocket and lost it. Um, I love it. Speaking of stuff you stuffed in your pocket and lost, when I was a kid, my equivalent of that I've got to say, this is a bit, it's a bit sad. Um, God, I want to think about it. It's incredibly sad. I peeled some of the paint off the railings of the World Road stands because, you know, when they had fences, you know, before Hillsborough removed the fences, I peeled some of the paint off that and stuck it in my pocket. Like, that was my part of the race course that I could keep in my house. <laughs> I think I'd lost it by the time I got home. But... Yeah, that, that connection. It's a bit yeah. sad, but it's also rather cool when you see Ryan Reynolds doing it to your club. Exactly. It was it, it was nice to think. I, I, I did that. I did that when I was five years old, when we were playing Cambridge at home, and I remember seeing some of the greatest players that have ever graced the race course. I argue that season, one of the best. Yeah, it, it was really nice, and the whole occasion was really good, but unfortunately... Uh, it took a turn for the worst towards the last 10 minutes of the, of the match, really, when talk equalised. Yeah. Well, I think it started before then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really glad the club has put such a strong statement out because we, you know, that was a joyous occasion. It's really hard to get your head around people who claim to be Wrexham fans who turn up and aren't sharing that joy and just want to make it all about themselves and their weird peacocking behaviour trying to threaten other people. I mean, I, I just can't understand it. It's tragic. During their speech, when they were on the pitch, uh, talkie fans were chanting, they will do. That, that, that's football, isn't it? Football, yeah. football fans don't sit politely to listen to the other side. I mean, say, when Liverpool sing you'll never walk alone at Anfield, the away fans are booing. That's what you do when you're in the away end. I don't see any issue with the talkie fans doing that. And and then, so, a small section of our support, support in inverted commas, um, are chanting obscenities at the talkie fans, which A, means they've just got no interest in the fact that, the, that Rob and Ryan are on the pitch. You know, listen to that. This is unbelievable. Isn't that why you've come? Um, and B could have been misinterpreted when you're saying who the bleep are you. It could be misinterpreted by them as our own fans shouting abuse at them, which I, I hope didn't happen. But it's no, just it's... astonishing. Why Why do you turn up to that event and then not show any interest in the fact that they're talking to you? I, you know, talky fans giving us jip. That, that's... <laughs> That's more than fair enough, isn't it? You know, if Rex, if Wrexham were at Torquay and Torquay were having a big glamorous takeover, yeah. it'd be the exact same thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that, that's just banter, isn't it? And I, I, I think that's why I think when a lot of fans say, "Oh, why can't football fans be more like rugby fans?" No, I don't want us to be more like rugby fans. I quite like the little bit of tribalism. I like the banter, but there's banter and then there's taking it too far, isn't there? Yeah. When you know, you you sing sung a bizarre song. Talkie get battered wherever they go. They sung that for all, you know. And I'm like, fair enough if you're singing that to a Stockport, to a Chester, to a Shrewsbury, you know, a local rival. That sort of makes sense. But Talkie are like eight hours away. They're one of the most inoffensive clubs going. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, we, they weren't getting battered because <laughs> we were only one nil up. Mm. And you sing silly so songs like that and it comes and bites you in the face, doesn't it? And they equalise, and a lot of Wrexham fans didn't like the fact that Torquay fans were celebrating an equal an equaliser. And yeah, well, I just, understand there was a small knot of of young Torquay fans who probably the same yes. mentality as the small knot of Wrexham there fans was. who disgraced themselves. Um, but again, you know, I mean, so what? All fan, all clubs have that element. We just need to cut it out. Um, throwing bottles and all sorts, and you, you were quite close up to some of that, weren't you? Is it? Yeah. 
I mean, it's just it's absolutely despicable, and they have no place at the club. I'm, I'm glad the club are uh, with the police looking to track them down because hopefully they'll never come back to the racecourse again. Well, that, that's that's why I'm assuming the club put the talkie fans there was so people above them could get seats. Yeah, uh, it's just not going to happen again now, is it? You mm. know, you're playing talkie, a very inoffensive club. Nothing wrong with them, but somehow you've provoked a reaction from a club like that. And it's just like, it's pathetic. It's, mm. it, it's silly. And, you know, it makes us look bad. It makes us look bad as a club. Mm. And I, to be honest, I was walking out that ground thinking, yeah, I was a bit embarrassed to be a Wrexham fan today after watching that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've heard people saying, oh, the Torquay fans were put in a vulnerable position. Uh, I'm sorry. Just, just because Torquay fans are put in a, an area with Wrexham fans around them doesn't mean you have to throw a bottle at them. Not if you're a civilised human being. That's uh, absolute nonsense. I mean, I, look at how old I look. I have been to a lot of football in a lot of different countries and the norm is that home fans and away fans are fairly close to each other. Wrexham against Marine, feisty cup tie. Our keeper gets his head kicked off right in front of a stand, which is split equally between Wrexham and Marine with barely any segregation. Well, there's segregation, sorry, segregation, not much between those two sets. There was no problem. It's not, it's not odd it's trying to point at the club. Or somehow make an excuse saying, oh, well, when you do that, you're asking for it. No, no, you're entitled to organise your club and hope that people don't act in a despicable manner. I I would argue. But, yeah, those people, uh, like you said, do put us in a situation where every next time we can't make as much money from a crowd because there's hardly any away fans, but we can't take that section because the safety committee might say, well, that's not safe because of the Wrexham fans' behaviour. Absurd. And, and you know it was talky as well. You know, yeah, I, yeah. if if they you know if they put the if they put say a close arrival, let's say Port Vale, for example, yeah. in that section there, then you would think about the club. Oh well, that was a silly decision, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah. <laughs> but you know, talky, it's a pretty sensible club. That I, I can't see any sort of rivalry between Wrexham and Torquay. No, it, it, no the, the problem, the fault was not the clubs. The fault was those idiot fans behind them who thought, yeah. who, who, you know, just can't. Oh, I don't know. I get so angry about it. I get, well, it does really annoy me. All, I, all I'll say, Che, is that you're right to get angry because you're a decent human being. And I, I know a lot of Wrexham fans who were absolutely furious at such a special day. Those. Twits tried to t- to hijack it and take control of it to make themselves look tough, and that's yeah. why it's important that they're weeded out and never allowed anyone near a Wrexham game again. The, your reaction is because you're a sensible Norman human being. Uh, if you want to be tough, join the boxing gym. Yeah. If you want to be well, tough and have your friends watch you be hard, join a boxing gym. Yeah. Have a boxing fight. There you yeah. go. I totally that's- agree. And you're speaking from somebody who has done exactly that and put your money where your mouth is. However, I suspect you know as well as I do that the people who try to do all that sort of behaviour at the football games wouldn't probably because they don't really want to take any risks like getting hurt or showing they're tough. They just want to appear tough, they think, to their, their mates, don't they? You know, they, they, Anyone can look hard it, yeah. from two layers of stewards and two layers of coppers in front of them. Exactly that's, correct. That's, yeah. that's yeah. my final... Yeah. Uh, Analysation on that. And now we are going to analyse what actually happened on the pitch. I'm Jake Hyde and this is Dragonheart. On the pitch, a bit of a disappointing display in the end, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I've got to say, right, I'm going to sound stupid saying this, but what the hell, I'm used to it. I've been quite struck by the number of people who said to me that we were terrible. And I think that's a that's an overreaction. Um, I accept that the end by the end I felt disappointed. And certainly the more I think about it, the more concerned I am by the things that went wrong. But for an hour, we were way better than them, really in control yeah. of the game. And although we then lost that control for half an hour. Um, they only made really two, I would say, presentable chances, one of which they scored. 
you know, we did defend well for that last half. So we could easily have got the one nil win, and, and it would have felt a lot better. But I think a lot of people, I think the disappointment of that last half hour and the way we sort of surrendered control of the game, I think conditioned the way they saw it, and they came away feeling, oh, that was awful. Does that make sense? Isn't that worrying though? More that we play, we're dominating the game for sixty minutes, and we're yeah. still walking away from that game. With not, without the three points, and I think it's I think this game in particular summed up our season so far that we look absolutely brilliant for at times, mm. but are still not walking away from games winning. You go, you look at the Notts County game; it's a similar sort of story. Looked excellent for most of the game, one one mistake, a goal, and it's just it's just very frustrating, isn't it? And especially because we started so brightly with a with a lovely goal from yeah. Joseph Rowan. Uh, exactly right. I, 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 like you say, the more I think about it, the more little elements worry me because I, you're right. It wasn't a one-off. We have had a lot of games where we've looked great for a good chunk of time, but of our faders, um, we had a lot of games where we've had long periods where we look really in control of the game and threatening, but we don't score. Or well, the second goal seems to be a problem for us, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I know I've been banging on about it with the Rex Manorak articles and things like that, but since we joined the Football League, there's only been one season better than this one in terms of scoring in every game from the start of the campaign. We've scored in all 14 matches. Um, mm. Like I say, since 1921, there's only one season where we scored more of our, in each of our first games, more, you know, to a longer for a longer period, seventeen games in nineteen twenty nine. So that's amazing. We're constantly finding the net, but a hell of a lot of those we're scoring one goal. We're not getting under seconds, and you know we were on top of that talky game. Is it a lack of creativity? You know we we, we didn't get the seconds, and we got punished for it. Yeah, uh, I I agree. And you know, look at the, let's let's look at some of the games this season where we we beat. Woke in one nil, and we yeah. were very close to drawing that, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we beat Dagenham. We beat Dagenham and Redbridge one nil. But again, I think if some of their strikers had their shooting boots on, Dagenham Redbridge probably could have taken that game. McCallum missed missed a couple of sitters, didn't he, in the second half? Of course, yeah. And then you know the Stockport game where we went one nil up yeah. away from home, really, really early on. But then second half had a dreadful performance and Stockport had two easy goals. So I think yeah. teams are looking at us and thinking, you know, if we can survive, well, and of course the talkie game, but I think teams are looking at us and thinking, if we can survive the 70 minute onslaught, mm. we can nick a we can nick a point or three points here. Yeah. Now I'm 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 the sort of person who thinks, okay, if there's a pattern, I want to try and work out why. And I think I might have a sort of explanation in a way for this. <clears throat> I certainly think this is true of the Torquay game. I think we're, we're setting ourselves up to press hard and work really hard in the other side's uh, half. I mean, that worked gloriously against Torquay. I mean, a number of times, McAlinden and Ponticelli and Davis and Hosanna won the ball in the Torquay half. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Our pressing was yeah. organised. And, and effective, and a lot of our chances came from that sort of thing. Mm. But it's tiring to do that. And inevitably, teams, you know, the, the tempo lowers, you know, if they have such a high-energy style of play. Um, and I just felt the last 20 minutes or so, we looked exhausted. I mean, Jordan Davis, I thought, was excellent. He did mm. really well. But he looked shattered. And I was a little surprised at our substitutions. A, I felt like they all should have happened about 10 minutes earlier to give people a rest. And B, you know, Jordan did play the full 90. I understand the idea of, you know, he's got such talent, he could come up with something. But I, I think in that circumstance, he'd run himself into the ground. He was, you know, I, I, I think bringing someone on for him just to get fresh legs and, and get that intensity back a little bit would have been useful personally well maybe we could have reverted back to the old system mm. the five at the back you know maybe stick um, take Jordan Davis off 
stick Hosanna at right wing back and French at right back, a uh, right centre back, and maybe put Luke Young on for Jordan Davis. I don't know. Maybe change up the system a little bit if they're if they're getting a bit leggy. Yeah. But it's I think it's our. I don't think we're changing it even when we're only one nil up, which is a bit frustrating, isn't it? I think that regardless of the system, that approach off the ball has been fairly similar. I think they're mm. still looking to press. You know, when we played three at the back, we had two strikers who could put pressure on. Um, yeah. And the wing backs higher up to put pressure on, uh, and, and I thought as well. I mean, to be fair, like I said, I, I'm not happy with that last half hour at all. But I didn't see Torquay scoring because we were defending comfortably. I mean, Lainton didn't really have any saves to make, did he? About you know, no. um, but so I don't, I don't know. I wasn't too worried about the structure as much as I mean. I think it would have been legitimate, especially. If we, as yeah, I say, I think I'd have liked the substitutions a bit earlier. We're winning one 0 but we're looking tired. Jordan, and I'm not knocking him; he was excellent. He, he ran himself into the ground for the team. Can't ask for more than that. But um, okay, rather than put an attacking midfielder on, stick Luke Young on for him there, and either have more yeah. of a solid midfield with three solid midfielders, and uh, or because you still got the two wide lads supporting the striker, or even have Young taking Davis's position. Because what I'm saying we lacked was was the legs in the press. Well, if you put Young yeah. higher up the pitch behind a striker, I know that's not his position, but when we haven't got the ball, he's going to be a great player to help the press and put energy in because he's going to go non-stop for 25 minutes. And as well, <laughs> if the ball drops to a player 25 yards out to have a pop at goal, I'm quite comfortable for it to be Luke Young. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I just felt we missed a trick there. The substitutions happened quite late. They weren't really refreshing the team, and and we we got tired and then paid a price for it. And Torquay's goal was well worked goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah. Uh, shout out, uh, shout out to Torquay. Like it was, it was a well worked goal, but it was also mm-hmm. avoidable. But we also should be taking our chances as well, shouldn't we? Early on in the game, and that, it just yeah. seems to be our running theme this season is we're looking fantastic, but when we're looking fantastic, we're not burying these teams, are we? Yeah. Um, I, I think that there were some excellent displays. I think Ponticelli and Hosanna yeah. had fantastic games, didn't they? Well, yeah. Um, I was going to say that. I mean, we didn't take chances and we, we didn't look threatening enough, but it's not a criticism of the striker because Ponticelli, I thought, was fabulous. But a lot of his hard work is running in order to create space for other people to have chances, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and although it's tempting to say, well, if we had Paul Mullen, we may well have got more goals. Uh, the truth is, I think Mullen's phenomenal. I'm not mocking him. But with Mullen in the team, we've been scoring one goal a game. It's just generally him who scores it. So, yeah, um, I, I, it, it was just a, a little bit of a concern that as well. As was the other thing we've got to say, as you rightly point out, Hosanna's performance, because he and McAlinden were terrific as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was a penalty in the second half. It, at the time, yeah. it looked a Karstein absolute penalty, you know, in real time. And sometimes you think, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I admit, you look at the video and then you think, oh, maybe not. Oh, I mean, looks at the video, it's a penalty. Yeah, penalty. Roxy calls his ankle, it's a penalty. The James Jones one wasn't in the first half. Oh. I thought that was an excellent challenge, yeah. to be fair. At real time, I thought that was a penalty, but re-looking yeah. back at that, not a penalty, fair play, good decision by the ref. But I think... Parkinson did a said a fantastic thing in his post press post match press where I think the referee was just trying to look strong and not yeah. giving that penalty yeah. wasn't he and I think that I think that was I think he hit the nail on the head there but we shouldn't be relying on uh, penalty decisions for match winning <laughs> answers really very true yeah absolutely yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make an excuse we we lost control of that game yeah. but it is frustrating that if that had been given we would have had a penalty. A uh, chance to make it 2 0. I really don't see Torquay coming back from that. Mind you, I don't know who to take in it. Young was on the pitch, Mullen suspended. Hyde has taken penalties, but he wasn't there. So I don't know who would have had it. Jordan, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Toza, maybe. Uh, Davis can hit a, a, a stationary ball, can't he? I suppose. But, yeah. uh, You'd like to think most prep professional footballers could hit a stationary ball well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, overall thoughts before we talk about a few other things. What was your overall thoughts leaving that stadium on Saturday? I think in isolation, I'd have been disappointed, but I am worried that there's quite a lot of points getting dropped here. 
You know, I, I don't really see the title as being a possibility anymore. And no, no, I'm a little concerned by by that. There's too many draws, and there's something wrong when you've got a striker as terrific as Mullen, who I said when we signed him, and I've, I've there's no reason for me to change my mind. Clearly, too good for our league, and yet we are struggling to put teams away when he is performing. He's doing what. <laughs> we expected of him. He's he's phenomenal, and he's he's too good for our division. We, we we need to be having something more than just him. We need to be putting teams away. That win at Barnet is the one game that sort of felt like I suspected a lot of games would feel this season. But then we went 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 and lost the next game. So you know, it's, everyone the source here, aren't they? You're 100, yeah. and a lot of people. Uh... You know, saying Barnet a basket case and what have you, they're only a point behind us at the moment. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you know, it, that says a lot, I think. And you look at the our last five results: one-one against Torquay, they're sitting sixteenth in the table. We lost to Maidenhead away, they're sitting eighteenth. We beat Barnet fourteenth. We drew to Chesterfield, and we lost to Stockport, who apparently are having a really bad season as well as us. Well, no, I wouldn't say we're really having a bad season, but you know, we. I don't think it's as going as well as we maybe once thought. Yeah. It's not living up to expectations, is it, really? No. You know, we're, we're sitting 13th. Mm. Christmas is round the corner now, and the Christmas time is when you really know what the league's going to shape up like, unless, you know, an outsider goes on a mad run. We need to start racking up some points now yeah. to even get into playoff contention, rather, even rather than title contention. I mean, I've got to say, you look at the players we've got, and we ought to be up there. Um, yeah. Now, because I'm feel that, I do think not time to panic yet because this is a sort of squad that could really put a strong run of results together yeah. and, and get right up more to where we ought to be and get some momentum going. And that performance at Barnet wasn't a fluke. That is what they're aiming to do. However... We've only won back-to-back games once this season, and one of those was against Marine, who we know we've got a lot of guts about them, but our three leagues lower than us. You know, it just worries me slightly. We've not won back-to-back games in the league. We're, we're sort of erratic within one game or within a series of games. And, you know, the spending money really should be guaranteeing consistency more. So I can see how this squad or with additions on in January could really rip up the league in the 2022. I genuinely do, but the title's probably gone now, um, unless they really yeah. rip it up. And yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? And, and we need to start getting that rhythm soon. And the upcoming fixtures, I guess, uh, are the, like you said, the games where we need to go for them. Yeah, you're talking older shot. Who you know we were sailing. On that last game, we looked like we were playing excellent. Should have won. Match game abandoned. So, you know, our next league game is Aldershot. You should be winning that, really. Um, if we carry on, if we played like we did the last time. Kingsland away and Wealdstone at home. If you are going to be a playoff contender, they're must-win games, aren't they? i, I got to be quite brutal about that. If you're, not, if you're not taking nine points out of those three games, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm temperamentally reluctant to be saying things like that in November, but I absolutely take your point if you, if you, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because yeah, uh, we, we need to be ruthless at the moment. We're not, and we, we need to develop that. Um, it's not just that, is it? I mean, after that is Halifax away. Okay, that could be awkward, but then you know the run of games afterwards: uh, Bromley at home, Yeovil at home, Dover away, Weymouth at home. You know, these are again winnable games but we were saying this at the Barnet match it's like yeah. a run till Christmas mostly of winnable matches and we've dropped five points out of the first nine which is you know it's it's not a total disaster we have a game in hand like you said from Tuesday but next Tuesday but we do need to be making these we need to be getting those results sooner rather than later don't we you said Halifax and Bromley are winnable games, but they're fourth and fifth at the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we win our two games in hand, we're still four points behind them. Yeah. So, as I said, these next three league games are, are 
very, very important for the rest of the season. I know it's very early to say that, but nine points is nine points, and that's a big deal, isn't it? And we have we have had a hard start to the season. We have played the likes of, likes of Knox County. We've played Solihull. We've played Grimsby. You know, we've played a lot of the big dogs, and it's time to start punishing these lower teams, isn't it? Now it's time we've 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 had all the big dogs. Now it's time to be cruel to puppies. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Oh, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, we, I want to get promoted. Jay <laughs> Long says, <laughs> "Be cruel to." No, I shouldn't be saying this, should I? <laughs> but yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's panic stations yet, no. but <laughs> I certainly do think that we need to get wins on the board, and yeah. and these next three league games are very, very important to boost our confidence. And you know, yeah. another great way to boost confidence is the cup. And we have got Harrogate on Saturday, who are a good side, aren't they? That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it certainly is. We've got a lot of players of a League Two pedigree, so it's going to be interesting to see us against a proper seventh in the table playoff contender in Harrogate. From the heart of your community, Wrexham's heartbeat, this is Callon FM. Huge game on Saturday, um, FA Cup. A nice little break away from the, the stresses of the National League, and we are playing a quality side in Harrogate who are pushing, who are playing really well. They're on a bit of a bad dip of form recently, mm. but top seven in League Two, it's going to be a real test, isn't it? Oh, massively, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have had a little bit of a slip, like you said. They lost at home on Saturday, and also. Their top scorer, Luke Armstrong. I know you were very impressive, weren't you, last yeah. year? He scored a lot of goals for Hartlepool. I think 13 in total on loan from Salford. That earned him a permanent move to Harrogate, where he's got eight already, so he's flying. But he got injured on Saturday, and apparently is a a doubt. And the way the Harrogate press seemed to be putting it, although, let's be honest, that could be the manager, Simon Weaver, being a bit cute is that he's less likely to, to play than, than he is to play. Um, that would help us enormously. And they've lost three out of the last four. They were second, and they just slipped to seventh, haven't they? So uh, it's an interesting point at which to play them. They are a side who, well, they, they've they've got a few players in their squad like us who haven't had a proper chance yet to get on the pitch. And Weaver is saying that they'll be, a couple of changes. He's, he wants to put a couple of players in to give them a chance to show what they can do. So they're, they're not going to, you know, be interested to see, what, you know, what, what quality they've got in their sort of backup squad, if you like, especially Armstrong isn't fit. Um, I mean, I think playing a team that will want to play football on a, a good surface really should suit us down to the ground, shouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. We've got some fantastic league level players mm. so it's good it's going to be an interesting game it's quite i don't want to call it a giant killing if we win i don't class i heard a lot of people say oh it'll be a good giant killing if we won um at harrogate i don't really class beating a league two team as a giant killing it's tricky isn't it though because it is isn't it we're we're lower the division of them i've been thinking about this not not in terms of the phrase giant killing but just that it just feels so weird that until two years ago, Harrogate had never been at this at our level, which is the lowest level we've ever been in. I mean, if you want a, an, an idea of a club that historically we would expect to beat every time, it's, it's Harrogate. And yet now they've managed to leapfrog us and they are the giants and we are the giant killers. And it is an odd feeling that. Um, but I'm not trying to be patronising. I think they're a smashing club and, and I've got where they, they are on merit and are a really good success story. I like Harrogate a lot, but it does feel weird. <laughs> I can't deny that yeah, we're like, you know. I don't class beating a League Two team as a, as a, as a giant killing. I, a higher division, though, isn't it? They're a higher division. It's a big win, but there's some fantastic teams in. I'd, I'd say the, the, the top half of the National League would give a the bottom half of League Two yeah. a good games. Most of them would give them very competitive games, if not beat yeah. most of them, I think. I uh, think that's true. So. But remember, they were in the top half of League Two, and we, I'm afraid, at the moment, we're in the bottom half of National League. 100%, I agree. But 
I'm very, very reluctant to call beating a League Two team a giant killing. It, it'd be an impre- a very impressive uh, win that could hope we kick, hopefully kick on our season. I think yeah. getting to the round two would be very important because, you know, just looking at the League Two table here, there's some big ties here like Warsaw, Rochdale, Tramia, uh, Newport, which would all be fantastic, or Port Vale, which would be fantastic um, second round ties, wouldn't they? Yeah, can't get ahead of ourselves. This is this is tough. Despite your poo-pooing of League Two, uh, this is tough, man. This is a tough game. Oh, we never let a goal in there. We've got a weirdly brilliant record against Harrogate, despite the fact they've leapfrogged us. So we've knocked them out of the cup two years ago. We've, nice. we've had two goalless draws there and a 2 0 win in the league. The only time we've lost them was the first time we played them, which was when we picked a reserve team for the FA Trophy. So. Um, yeah, we've got a great record against them. I so hope that sort of thing counts for something somehow. I've seen reference in the local media to us being their bogey team. And I'm thinking, good, yeah, get that in your own heads. Think of us as that team who somehow always beats you because that, that can only help us uh, in terms of uh, the mental battle. And I think a good cup run would do the world a good for this yeah. team as well. And we could get a bit more strength on the, de- on the bench. I mean, there's been an inter-squad game to give more minutes to the likes of Luke Young and Hall Johnson and David Jones. I don't think they're going to rush Hall Johnson, but, you know, hopefully we'll have players in a better state. Still no Mullen, of course. Yeah. It'll be the second game of his three-game suspension. Still no Hyde. Uh, still no Kwame Thomas. But hopefully we'll have a bit more depth in the squad than we have done recently. Well, hopefully towards the end of the season, you know, we've got Charlie Trafford, who we haven't spoke about on this That's podcast, it. who I've seen clips of him. He looks like a, a decent player for this level. And hopefully that'd be a game for him to test himself out of. And, and you, you mentioned Kwame Thomas. I think towards the end of the season, we could have a really good, healthy bunch of strikers to pick from, couldn't we? Yeah, who would all fit the system differently. Exactly. And, and sponsor Charlie and Angus have shown their value already this season. Um, yeah, well, uh, Thomas is running now, isn't he? He's not training with the other players, but he is actually on the training ground, which is fantastic. Um, unless it's again cute manager psychology, Parkinson saying that Trafford is less close than the likes of Hall Johnson, and he's saying that they're going to be careful of Hall Johnson because he's just not played. He's had no preseason. He's not played football for quite a while, so we'll have to see with him, but. Yeah, um, I, I, it's, it's going to be a fascinating game. It's going to be very tough, but oh, yeah. we, we have gone there before and, and succeeded. I mean, that win under Keats when we won 2-0, that was brilliant. They were right up at the top of the table. We were down near the bottom. And it was a fantastic combination of some real good quality attacking play and some proper big-hearted, gutsy defending. And I think we'll probably need those qualities again maybe on Saturday. Oh, 100%. And uh, it'd be a great one for the fans to really redeem themselves as well, I think. Get get behind the lads, make it a really, really noisy and intimidating away terrace. 600 in the away, in the away end, I assume we'll sell that out. Um, in a way, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to see it as redeeming because our fans are brilliant. It's, it was yeah. idiots yeah, 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 that yeah. us down. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I I just hope that none of them manage to get in. And it is just what a Wrexham game normally is, which is 600 passionate North Walians uh, really getting stuck into a game and enjoying themselves and, and giving their team wholehearted support. But uh, we have to fight for it. That defensive unit is going to have to keep solid in the face of a, a League 2 attack, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Who are your two centre-halves, if you could pick two? Who are the best two centre-half partnership? I'm, I'm really... I, that's a great question. I mean, I thought Brisley looked fantastic when he came in uh, for the, the game against Marine and then the game against Barnet. That Maidenhead, he did have that mix-up with record for the second goal, which was a, wasn't a great look uh, for either of them. Um, Lennon was phenomenal on Saturday. I mean, I, I, I think... I'm assuming that Lennon was brought in because he is very quick. And Armstrong, the lad from Kupiara, the uh, talk he had, had his debut in midweek, and he is lightning. 
and really dangerous. He scored on his debut. He looks amazing. The talky press and the fans were going nuts. Like they felt they've got a real player who can blow the National League away. Well, Lennon was brought in, I think, to handle his pace, and he was spectacularly good at doing that. He had Armstrong in his pocket. That, you know, that tackle, remember that tackle in the second half? Yeah. yeah. were in a race, and it's just like, if he doesn't make this, we are in all sorts of trouble. Oh, my gosh, what a piece of defending it was. It was superb. So, surely Lennon keeps his place off a display like that, but we've got good strength and depth, haven't we, now? I, I used to be concerned about centre-back, but... Now we're doing a back four. You've got Hayden, who I think is nailed on first choice. You've got Lennon and Brisley, who are at similar levels. Toza might drop back in there as well. Clever to start the season well. I'm, I'm pleased with the levels, you know, considering that David Jones was quite close to being our sort of main backup centre-back, and it looked like we might have to play him at centre-back first game of the season. We, we've moved on quite a bit from there, I think. Hayden, Lennon, I, I have to agree. Mm. Yeah, that, that's... I really like Lennon. I think he's very fast. He's agile, isn't he? He's mm. quite a modern... Both, both him and Hayden are quite modern centre-backs in many ways, aren't they? Uh, I, yeah, Hayden doesn't lose anything in the air, does he? He's, he's fantastic. He I really won. like Hayden. I know he had yeah. some flaky moments, but it looks to me like he's a bit like Manny Smith. He's happier in a back four than a back three. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and he's enjoyed himself to change of shape, I think. Yeah, hey, I spoke to Harry Lennon. Shall we hear it? Yeah, let's. It sounds like a plan. Hi, guys. I'm Dominic Bowes, and uh, this is Dragonheart. Harry, firstly, um, fantastic for me the way that you've come in this season. I mean, obviously, there were issues with injuries in the past, and the way you've, you've come in and hit the ground running, got, got ready so quickly and got to speed so quickly, it's quite scary. Yeah, that no, was tough at the start, really, when I first signed, because obviously I had to manage my knee. I couldn't, couldn't really train too much and uh, flared up a couple of times in pre-season and stuff. So that was sort of tough, really. But um, you know, since I've been been playing, um, training more, and you know, I feel like I'm getting much stronger now. And um, you know, I was disappointed to get out of the team last week. Yeah. I felt it was harsh, but it's football, and uh, I knew I'd get another chance. So um, yeah, hopefully I uh, stay in the team now. And then, as well, you know, you didn't have much of pre-season. Because of that, you would get like a half a game here or there. I kept saying to people, look, you can see he's got real quality. It's just you've got to be patient. Yeah. We didn't have to be patient. I, I just I don't understand. How did you get into up to speed so quickly? Yeah. I mean, because you sort of think you come in at the start of the season yeah. and, and you, you know, you, you, maybe you're fit enough to get the minutes in, but not to perform. No, yeah, I, think, I feel like the first couple of games were tough to like the Eastley and I think it was the South End game and I, I didn't, I'll be honest I didn't feel fit at all I've done okay in the games but I didn't feel fit I was cramping up and even a couple of home games I was cramping up at the end about to come off but now I'm sort of getting through I still feel like I've got a bit to go in terms of fitness and um but yeah, you know, I'm feeling stronger. Jeez, every, I want to see you fully week. fit, then, G. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, think, so I still think I still think I'm a few games away, yeah. really, being fully, fully fit. So, I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, I, I've said to you before, and we don't talk about this is after the, yeah, yeah. the game against Tokyo, and I said we don't want to talk yeah, about yeah. the game, but I'll have to simply because I mean, it occurred to me when I saw the team. A big reason you're in there is because you're quick, yeah. and the lad Armstrong is super quick. Yeah. And I was a bit nervous having seen his debut on Tuesday. Oh really? And then I saw you. Yeah. You had him in his pocket. Yeah. He was absolutely in your pocket, and I just immediately thought, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, if, if you've got more to come, uh, that's, that's something to look forward to, I think. Yeah, I've always, always had a bit of pace, to be mm. fair. Um, people, I don't think people expect it, because I'm a big lad. I think they yeah. just think I'm going to be some stiff, slow <laughs> centre-half. But I've got a bit of pace. I'm not as quick as I used to be, you know, with all the injuries I've had. But um, yeah, I've still got a bit there. And, uh, you tackled in the second half on him. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was epic. Yeah, yeah no, like that, that, that almost feels better than a goal, that one. Yeah, <laughs> Same sort of tackles. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and finally... Uh, that goal taking like a strike of that, my goodness, yeah, no, the turn, Yeah, I just I think someone sort of missed the flick, mm. and it's just sort of dropped. I thought I'm going to swing my leg at it, and uh, yeah, I've just connected well. I with don't it. see that. That was probably Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, I, just, epic, I just sort of connected well with it, and yeah. it flew in. I just looked at it going in the top corner, and uh, yeah, reeled off, celebrated. Oh, well. Unbelievable feeling. This is Sean Brisley. This is Dragon Heart. 
Well, that is the end of the show of the finest Wrexham FC AFC radio show slash podcast. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, let's just hope that oh, this FA Cup done it. The FA Cup gets the excitement going. That's it'd be great if we could make some more memories. I, I, after to seeing the owners' enthusiasm, oh, imagine if we got a cup run. You know, oh, imagine if I, we I, end up at Wembley in a trophy, or we get a big team in the FA Cup. You know, it'd be just brilliant to get them infused and and you know maybe okay if schedules allow getting them over here that'd be quite something wouldn't it oh 100 and as i've said uh, we went through it a couple of weeks ago that i've never really had a great cup run i've had you know the brighton game was excellent but we didn't win it uh yeah I've, throughout my lifetime I've been, we've been known as these giant killers i'd like to see a big giant killing in my time as supporting a rex and fans i think a a cup run would be excellent. There's, there's nothing quite like, I, I think, like when you progress through a tournament and you, you sort of, you know, in a knockout competition, every time you win, the amount of opponents halves and you start feeling closer to achieving something. And then when you look at, you know, that, that feeling of like looking at who's left in it before the draw, who would I fancy? What would I want? Do I want glamour? a chance to pull off a shock, or do I want something easy to get a straight? Like I say, second round, you're talking quite rightly about attractive games. If we win on Saturday, I think I might be thinking, okay, I don't need little uh, non-league minnows left in that we can draw at home and just, just get a routine win, and then we're in the third round with the real big teams. I just like that build-up, that constant build-up, and even when the league's going on, you've got that feel, the feel-good feeling in the back of your head. Oh. I probably wouldn't want to play one of the minnows though, because I'm gonna be like, "Oh, we're gonna be playing our biggest game ever at the race course. Let's turn them over." Uh, I'd probably rather, if I was to lose at the first or second round, I'd probably rather lose to a League Two or a League One team because you're losing to a quality side rather than the gamble. What a, what a losing to a National League South or North team. Glass half full approach that is, Che. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. want to settle for a respectable defeat. I want to batter some teams and then charge <laughs> off and have Chelsea away, slap, smash them about a bit. You know, oh, see how much damage you. we can do to the Premier League side in the cup. Oh, Anfield away would be um, oh, any yeah. of the, any of the the Scouse teams, any of Everton or Liverpool mm. away. Yeah, Just yeah. imagine that train yeah. to the to that to Goodson Park or Anfield. It would uh, be Man City. Man City away would be great as well because again, like a lot of our away games, we probably have half the fans in the ground. And then Man United would be fun, but obviously, remember everyone: if we do go to Old Trafford, bring an umbrella. Oh yeah, uh, oh, oh Spurs, that would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, hey. uh, that new, that new shiny ground, that would mm. be. Or even any Premier League team, really, or any Championship team would be great. I'd, I'd love to see Wrexham versus Nottingham Forest or. Derby County, because I think we could probably beat Derby yeah. County at the moment. <laughs> Spurs have got a cheese room in that new stadium. Right? Well, they're trying to sell it to high end uh, sponsors that they have a special membership where you can have a weird, you, you can actually stand in the tunnel, but there's a glass panel so the players can't see you, but you can spy on them and feel like you're really close to them. And then for that high top level corporate sponsor, you then have a cheese room, which is a room where you can have post-meal cheese, but it's supposed to be for somehow the air is filtered to make it the optimum cheese eating atmosphere. So maybe we could do that up in the, the altitude street, there's sweet or upstairs in the turf. You know, for when yeah. Robin and Ryan's president's box is being used, you know. But why would you pay all that money for Spurs to watch them inevitably get a top eight finish and maybe get to a quarter, FA Cup quarterfinal? The, was, you know, this big, this big six sort of thing. Spurs ain't that big. Come on. I, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> and again, that whole concept of, you know, football makes no sense, does it? So poor old Nuno, they appoint him um, and he gets them playing like Wolves do. And then they say, why is he getting us to play like Wolves do? Well, because he, he's, he was the Wolves manager. That, that's how he sets his teams up. Oh, we better sack him then. So, yeah, that's why. Because football makes no sense. And anyway, come on. I'll follow the cheese. Oh, 100%. Anyway, it's time for us to wrap this up. There's um, the Dragon Hat Fantasy Football. If, I, if you want to 
looking some Premier League stuff like we've been talking. We've got uh, match commentary, match centre, match commentary, which is going to be on um, next player. player. Yeah. We've got the Discord where you can have the chat and chats and what have you. We've got the Dragon Art Twitter, the Dragon Art Instagram. Check out for all the beautiful things that the media team do. And I really enjoyed this week's AAA. It was really cool. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, Mark. This Thank has you. been Dragon Art.